This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the Care Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Skylar Sokol. And I am Anthony Nicolosi. He looked away right when I pointed at him, so I had to come in and rescue the intro. Yes. Yes. Um, well, I, last time we fucked the intro because I paid attention to you, okay? <laughs> so, so there's, no, there's, no, there's no middle ground. Um, <laughs> today, we're here to talk about power-ups in games. <sighs> um, power Power-ups. That's, that's a sound every video game character universally makes after picking up a power. Up. I, I think that it originated in actually Super Mario Bros. for really? the Game Boy. When you pick up the mushroom, Mario growls menacingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You hit it and it's like an 8-bit and everything. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's like super bit crushed it's and distorted. It's what everyone yeah. remembers, yeah. Yeah, that, the most iconic sound for Mario. Yes. Um. Anyway, let's talk about what what is a power up. I guess like we Anthony what brought this topic up. He's like, up? yeah, I want to talk about power ups in games. Are power ups cool? Are they fun? Do we like power ups? Do we hate power ups? Are they a scam? Should you just Whoa. have all your abilities all the time? Oh, what, what? What? I don't know. So first, what do you want me to define a power yeah, up? Yeah, go I wrote for up it. A definition earlier, so I'll just read that. Um, according to professional game designer skylar sokol a power up <laughs> is oh god we talked so much um <laughs> scrolling through history of our dms i'm guessing yeah probably that's, because that's i correct put here we go a, a power up is an alternate state um likely more powerful than your normal state that you have access to in a video game either after collecting something or building up some sort of meter, which temporarily increases your power abilities. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. it's you're frequently not permanent. It's usually some temporary thing. And you're usually either picking something up or building something up over time, where the examples we thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, some very common power ups I mentioned Mario, like uh, the mushroom from Mario, the fire flower. There's so many different power ups in Mario that all do different things. And I think we'll come back to talking about Mario a bit when we talk about good power up design but mm-hmm. um i don't know you i know are a halo boy and halo actually has like power ups as well that were pretty important to the at least the early games i think right yeah power ups are speaking at least about the multiplayer are actually a huge part of the multiplayer design and flow and you know experience um in 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 the actual campaign is a little different it might be interesting maybe we'll talk about that another type of power-up i thought um about was the actually the one that initially came to mind was doom's berserker mode or whatever Mm -hmm. where you're just fucking ripping people you know with your hands um that's that's a little bit different in my head i'll explain why maybe later and then yeah like you said something that builds up dynasty warriors mosumu do you know actually the other one that came to mind the destiny supers uh, is similar in that regard and that you build up and then you can execute it whenever you want to, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, many kinds. Yeah, so how do you... I guess let's start our focus because I feel like the the discussion might branch on multiplayer versus single player. Yeah. Um, so let I guess we'll go single player first. What is what? How do you feel about power-ups in single player games? 
Like, I feel like this is instead of or in addition to some sort of ability progression system. Because I feel like a game with no ability progression system and no power-ups that increase your power is not that fun usually. So that I feel like there's different ways to like progress a player's power, right? And power-ups are one way to do that. And you might have a progression system as well, but I think that that's sort of the context we should think about them in. Yeah. Th- yes. Okay. I... In single player experiences, I generally don't. I mean, Doom. Let, let me. I guess I'll use Doom. I was thinking yeah. some of the other single player experiences I've played. Like in Final Fantasy, it's the one. It's the other option. Like you were saying, your abilities grow. You gain new whatever people and right. strategies like right. that kind of stuff. Like from experience, you can then put points into levels and points yep. into abilities. And that, in my mind, is different than a power up. That is not what we're talking about. Yeah, here. it could be interesting though. Could you call maybe certain some like items you use as almost like power-ups you know i don't think so bottle in battle i I mean i mean to some degree they power you up but like a consumable item you mean yeah but i'm thinking more something you find it activates when you find it like right yeah so in single player experiences uh the the main ones that come to mind off the top of my head are the Doom ones. Also Crash Bandicoot. So you could do this thing in Crash where if you got... I can't remember. It's if you got the special box or uh-huh. if you got enough of the special like mask guy that floats next to you. He's like... And then you ha- you wear it temporarily, and you just like can plow through people. It's kind of equivalent to like the Mario Star. You uh-huh. know? Like an invincibility um, mode. Yes, exactly. So, so obviously, like having that all the time would not work. <laughs> right. It's broken at that point. Right. And probably wouldn't be that fun. Like it's the contrast that makes it fun, right? Yeah. I was thinking about this with Doom's Berserker, right? So uh-huh. the Berserker, from, for, at least from my perspective, I don't know. Maybe you can die with it. But um, man, you kick so much ass that you're you're virtually invincible for a temporary amount of time. Uh-huh. Um, now, if Doom was like that all the time, like, yes, Doom is a power fantasy. And I, in my opinion, um, on, on maybe like almost like a comic book level, it makes it that kind of uh, ripping everything to shreds sort of lines up with the immersiveness you might expect as a Doom space marine guy who just fucks everybody up in hell, right? Like Berserker mm-hmm. kind of matches that. However, I feel like the actual immersion of that experience of that power fantasy in it, it in the normal non power up mode game design of that game comes from the fact that you can execute against the challenges the game is presenting you uh, often uh gradually increased challenges right totally so um i think that on one hand, while it's really satisfying to be Berserker all the time, if I was Berserker all the time, the game would subsequently be very easy. And the, I don't know, the immersion of like, I'm fucking everything up in hell thing is sort of like, it. it's sort of broken, you know, like it's, you don't really feel like you're fucking everything up. You just feel like everything's easy. I don't know. You right. know, it's, it's different. Yeah. I think I think power-ups are like a v- very strongly related to the interest curve of gameplay, right? I think interest curve is a, a concept that really ties in with power-ups, right? Like the power-ups give you like basically a guaranteed interest curve spike, right? They give right. you something different, a different scenario. It's timed like having those moments where like things are very different or or just unique 
is really fun for the player, right? I agree. And like, if the whole gameplay of Doom was berserk mode, you would probably have like some gun power up where you would use a gun for some of the time, right? Like, yep. it would, you would you'd still need something to like break it up because like more mechanics are fun, especially in fast paced games like that. Yep, it's a it's a good way of summing it up. I would think. I, the the fun element of the power up is that somehow f- temporarily you can you get like this free pass against the uh, the challenges that you've been fr- you know faced with you know this extra little boost like you said that interest curve spike but um, the fun in games we've talked about it before really comes from mastering things executing them better learning them better whatever and you you steal that when you just everything's easy. Yeah. Right. No, totally. And um, I also think power-ups provide for like an interesting uh, like hidden item scenario, right? They might be like hard to get or you might have to complete a challenge to get them or they might just be like hidden somewhere and you need to explore more to find them. They just give you an opportunity to find something that gives you more than just like a collectible in a game, right? Like right. things that affect gameplay, at least for me, are way more fun than just finding some random... I agree. The coin in the hit wall, right? Yeah, you know, related to this, um, especially in light of your comments of the interest curve, Mad Millar is actually saying something in chat right now about how in Pac-Man you can pick up the the thing. What the fuck? Is it the blue the power pellet? The blue, oh, the it's power pellet. the power pellet. And then, you know, they're all blue or whatever. Um, in, in a similar way, at least the way that makes me feel in Pac-Man, and I'm thinking about it in Doom, it kind of accomplished this as well. Um, you... Because things are easier temporarily, it gives you sort of a moment to like regroup your strategy almost, you know, like you, at least that's the way I've played it before. It's like you're, you're, oh, everything's real tense. You hit the power up and it feels like things alleviate for a moment and you can it's kind true. of form your substitute. You don't have to strategy. be so worried about enemies coming at you or whatever, especially in Pac-Man, like literally the game switches yeah. to not having to worry at all. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. I think that's that's totally true. Or picking I, um, up a speed boost and getting out, you know, right. kind of a thing. I don't know. Totally. I um I think though, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like that it's it's unlikely that anyone would have a complaint about power ups being in a single player game unless you have one that like really bothers you. But I don't <laughs> I don't really I think generally they add to the gameplay. Um unless they just aren't fun. But I, I think as long as they don't over easy everything, you know, then I don't think... Yeah, they're fun, I think. Right. So now we talk about multiplayer games. And one multiplayer game that comes to my mind that a lot of people have had problems with power-ups in is Smash Bros, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Because not only the Smash Ball, but also I think the items in Smash Bros in some way could be considered a power-up because you temporarily have a powered-up state while you have the item, right? Yeah, well, some of them, yeah, definitely give you that. Um, Yep. And... There's a lot of contention in the Smash community about like items being unfair, right? Because their spawn locations are random. And if someone gets like three Pokeballs in a row, you're just fucked, right? You lose yep. the game. And so a lot of people would say that's potentially a bad implementation of power-ups from like a competitive multiplayer game standpoint, at least. Right, sure. In a comp- yeah, I was what I was about to say before you said that last sentence was depending on the goals of the game and what those power-ups are and the function of that game kind of determines whether it's a failure or not, in my opinion. But yes, in a competitive multiplayer environment, yeah, I I, I agree. It um, seems like it to me. 
Yeah. And Mad Millar brings up a good point. Power-ups also can be sort of catch-up mechanics. And that's sort of how yep. they do sometimes feel in Smash Bros. But they're not really implemented as a catch-up mechanic in that the player who's behind gets more power-ups or anything like that, right? It's very random. So they're also sort of a win-more mechanic, too, depending on the situation. But I totally agree. One use for power-ups is to create like evenness in games. Like Mario Kart, for example. Right. The power-ups in Mario yeah. Kart are are the the random like group of power-ups you get is based on your positioning in the race and you use them to balance out the race better and i think that yep. implementation works great right yeah and mad millard's bringing it up related along those lines they can be really fun to just goof off with your friends going back to like depending on what the goal of that system is in the game because i think smash Smash items when we want to just be crazy, you know, locals, friends are over, local couch uh, mayhem. We love turning on items because it's just fucking crazy. Yeah, no, totally. And if your goal is like chaos and fun, then power-ups are a great option for that because they provide so many different like temporary powered-up states to like interact with, right? Now, Now, one... Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I I was going to say... say, Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. It was about the Smash power-ups. What I was going to say is... Go ahead. One of the problems I think also come with the Smash power-ups is they're so powerful. Like, some of them are really, really, really powerful. You just... Some of the supers, is that what you call it? The super smashes? Final smashes. Final smashes. Like, I mean, it's... You can literally do nothing about some of them, and you're right. fucked, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and also, like, the some of the Pokemon as well are, like, basically... Yeah. Or assist trophies are basically just, like, guaranteed kills. Yep, um, yep. So, I wonder... I wonder if there was, like, a category of a little bit better or like some kind of a trade-off in there like if the competitive scene would accept some amount of them but again that then you have items from a from a from the developer perspective now you have items in the game that are like competitive items and you know fun to have items right so anyway and the random spawn locations of the items is honestly the biggest issue with items in competitive smash and it's not going to fix that right yep Yep. um you would need like a mode that spawns an item near a player that's losing or something but i don't even think players would like that right because you don't really need that in smash right so I was just going to say, Halo, on the other hand, implements power-ups very differently, right? They are always in the same location, correct? Correct. As far as I know, yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about how power-ups interact with Halo multiplayer and why that is like fun and people in the competitive scene like them, right? Right. Yeah, so the power-ups can give you a huge advantage in Halo. So uh, at a high level, some of the main things you're trying to do when you're playing multiplayer in Halo, uh, like a lot of other multiplayers, is control advantageous places on the map. Um, But one difference, I would say, at least in my experience compared to some of the other games I've played, is that there's sort of different power positions based off of like sort of the dynamic context of things. And one of those dynamic contexts of things is the power-up placement and when it's going to spawn and where it's going to spawn. Another thing that's known in Halo is uh, uh, the... the oh my gosh, cadence at which they spawn and everything like that too. So uh, you could also, in my opinion, um, kind of uh, put power weapons in Halo almost in a similar situation. Rockets are like effectively a fucking power-up in Halo. They're so strong and they can sway things so much. So you have uh, strategies that revolve around 
sort of moving like there's initial push-ups there's initial pushes towards the power-ups depending on how things unfold who stays alive who dies it's going to affect how you spawn and that's going to subsequently start you know like i'm saying dynamically updating your strategy on how and where you're going to rotate to eventually put yourself in an advantageous position for either the next power-up or power weapon drop um or uh to defend yourself against it, depending on how things like play out. Right. Um, so the other thing I'd add to that, going back to the smash thing that I was talking about where they're too OP is that the halo, there aren't any halo. Okay. Not that there never have been, but generally speaking, competitive play over shield is one of the main power ups. So you get more shield, like an extra Mm -hmm. shield or two. Um, there's the power weapons of like the sniper and the rockets, uh, and there's camo, so you're invisible mm-hmm. temporarily. Those are some of the main ones that show up. And they don't, like, they're not, uh, a good team can combat against them even without them. They're really powerful. And especially a good team who can use them effectively, you can completely own the game, you know, by use like, ha- getting two rounds of it. A-, a lot of times Halo games come down to who manage power-ups and power weapons better. So... That's a an element. I think that if it was if you literally had the berserker mode in Doom in Halo and mm-hmm. somebody could temporarily just rip people to pieces, it'd be too OP, you know. Sure. So, at least in that regard, I think uh that's part of also what makes the the Halo power-ups. Then they all have like weaknesses, right? Like if you have camo, it's a power-up, but like at a certain speed you become visible, blah blah blah. So you have to make the plays right to use it effectively. Overshield, you punch them in the back, they're dead, you mm-hmm. know. So, Anyway, those... Yeah. It actually makes me think a lot about Valorant, too. And I think that maybe this is just a concept of power-ups in multiplayer games, is that if you are going to have power-ups in multiplayer games, is very likely that gameplay will probably become centered in some way around those power-ups if yeah. they're there, right? Valorant has ultimate orbs, which are literally just orbs you pick up. You have to like be incapacitated for like a second to pick it up. And it gives you one ultimate point. But ultimates in Valorant are very strong, so even just like one ultimate point is a big deal. And most maps have two orbs, and very frequently teams will build their entire early round strategy around collecting those orbs because right. they're so valuable. And I'm just thinking like if those orbs didn't exist, it, the the like initial strategy of the rounds could be very different. And right. clearly yeah. like you can very much encourage specific types of players, specific scenarios around these power-ups, right? If Halo didn't have any power-ups or power weapons, it would be probably much more like free-for-all feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And there wouldn't be like... It, it helps provide focus to these multiplayer matches, right? Well, it, it actually... In, at least in Halo's context, uh, case, it would it become exclusively like a spawn camping fest. Like that's right. that's all it is. Is you're trying to own spawns, that, and that's all the game is. That's an element of what Halo is, right? But um, because of the power ups, it forces it, it kind of breaks that, right? Like, right. You have to make some decisions, whatever. So it opens up opportunities. So I totally agree with you. Like, if in in Valorant, you uh, there's not a TDM mode in Valorant, right? You die, you're done for the round, right? Uh, not in the real game. There is a deathmatch mode, but okay, it does, okay. It's not so a there real is. Game no, I was gonna say because if not, and there's you're no just power ups in that mode. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because if not, what you're basically just fighting for like the best sight lines, right? Well, you're trying to plant the spike still, right? So there is still if, a oh, primary you, you have ob- the orb, sure. Right, there's still a primary objective, um, which it not just kills like in Halo, where the the primary objective in at least the that game mode right, is just right, right, kills, yep. right? 
Um, so there would still be like a focus, but it's interesting because it provides like two layers of objectives, right? The yep. first objective is orb control, and then you go to the next objective, which is actually executing like the site situation, right? Right. And even yep. some locations without power-ups are like so valuable to hold that you want them anyway, even though there isn't an orb. So this right. could you could even use these orbs to like spread out the focus so that like this one location that's really good is really good to hold, but it doesn't have an orb, so you can get good benefit from holding these from like putting people in these other places that you might not always do if they didn't have orbs. So So one of my favorite Halo map of all time plays off of literally the thing the situation you just called out, which is it's lockout from Halo 2. This there are like Amongst other things, there are two big towers, right? There's uh-huh. one that's higher up, and the sniper spawns on the other one, okay? If you get the sniper from this tower to this tower, you can, like, own completely. You can, like, lock down the map. But there's a whole set of uh, of sequences that have to happen that for you to be able to successfully get to spawn, grab it, pull it, bring it over and and like make that transition and sort of hold that space down. So it's like what you're saying. This this really as you were talking about that everything this goes back to something we've talked about um several occasions, the thing that Jesse Shell says adds spice oh. to all kinds of game situations, triangularity, right? Right. Totally. Yep. You have, you Additional have opportunities to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah, and that spices up the experience, makes it a little more it adds depth, right? So um yeah yeah and i also think in single player games power-ups add a lot of triangularity mario being like one of the prime examples right like oh, yeah when you have a mushroom you can break through different blocks than you can otherwise so like do i go but, for that bouncing fireball over that gap what if i fuck the jump right right like, right do i try and get this like risky fire flower that i might right. miss fire getting flower. and it might screw yeah. me over yeah exactly no totally i agree with you completely like they they definitely add an, another layer of triangularity to what could be like just like Mario run left to right game, right? Yep. They yep. give you a reason to go to other places or look for things. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I think I, I think power-ups are great. And if used well, they can add a ton to a game um, for sure. Oh, actually, this is something maybe the last thing we can yeah, kind yeah. of talk final about. Th- final thought. What do you topic. prefer? Do you prefer... I know my answer. Do you prefer power-ups that are placed by designers on the map, carefully curated to like sort of facilitate the experience or these kinds of power-ups like Mosu modes, uh, modes, limit breaks, supers and destiny, Mm. where you sort of obtain the ability to have it, but then you can execute it and use it when you choose. Yeah. I think it really depends on the style of game for me. Like in Valorant, it's a tactics based, like a strategic meta tactics based game. So, Having very intentionally designed power-up like placement is really important to the game, I think. Um, but you also have ultimates, which I guess technically are in a line with the other saying. One, right? You have True. to charge those up, and those are fun too. But I think the the thing that I'm really that's really coming to mind is fighting games. In fighting games, you have supers mm. or ultras mm-hmm. where your meter builds, and then you can do this crazy thing. And the fact, like the ability to build that, and like have a way, you can literally build your strategy around developing that meter and getting it to the point where you can use it is a really interesting layer to games like that, right? Yeah. So I think that I think that they definitely go really well together. But um, if I'm playing like a tactical game, I feel like intentionally placed power ups are better. But if I'm playing a like 
uh, no, sorry, a strategic game, intentionally place power-ups are better. But if I'm playing a more tactical game, like like fighting games are like some of the most tactical games because they're almost all based on like you know reactions and making quick decisions. In my mind, the difference between tactics and strategy is that strategy is more long-term planning, whereas tactics is short-term planning based on like immediate information. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're doing short-term planning based on me information, it's interesting to have these meters where you have to like build stuff up and like try and you can build your strategy around that. But um, if you're more strategic, if the game is more about strategy, then it's cool to have these like anchor points that are intentionally designed to find. I guess is how I would describe that question. What about for you? What in a single-player game, I actually think I might prefer the I get to choose when I use it. Kind. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking it's similar to the reasons why I was telling you before. It's like I maybe want to run away. You wanted me to blow everything up with, you know, kick ass with this berserker ability, but I just kind of want to run away right now, you know? Sure. <laughs> like however, the reason why I generally don't like those especially in multiplayer games, I'm thinking especially Destiny because I played uh, 100ish hours of that mm-hmm. multiplayer. It um when like you were saying in fighting games, you have to deal with this too, but you need to def- you need to defend against the possibility of them having that, mm-hmm. right? Um, in fighting games, do, you mean, see games, it when you they know, have it, correct, right? Is o- fully open information, which is different. So you don't you like the shittiest, like cheapest bullshit thing would be like you're you have a, a you basically get baited into a situation that otherwise would have been fine, but they were just chilling, knowing they had their super, and they just kick your ass. Yeah. You know? So interestingly, in Valorant, it is you get you do know when your enemies have their ultimates. That's one of the oh. only act like information you're guaranteed about your enemies. You know how much money they have at the beginning of the round, and you know whether they have their ultimate or not. And you get no other information about them without seeing them. So it, do you, it, when you it, see them, do they have like a, a glow to them or something? No, it's, it's in a UI element, actually. Oh, so you don't okay. even have to see them to know they have their ultimate. No, it's interesting because um, I'm, I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, did Destiny have that? Maybe it did have that. But it was, if, it, if they did have it, I'm thinking in my head, all it would tell you is that somebody has it. Wouldn't tell okay. you who has it or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, that's very different. And, yeah, I, mean, and I could see that being really it, annoying. It's just like cheap, right? And so it makes that it makes wanting to engage in that um like I don't know, more annoying to me. Yeah, I'm least, trying to so. remember if Overwatch had that if you could see when enemies had their ultimates because that entire game basically uh, at revolves around people like using their ultimates well and like wanting to combo their ultimates. And I feel like you don't know when the enemies have their ultimates and maybe that's one of the reasons why I didn't find Overwatch like that compelling for that long because you just didn't have enough well, information yeah. to make strategic decisions, right? Right, right. It somehow comes back to you feeling like the, the game was cheap, like you didn't have the ability to act on it when you come away from the games. It's, a, it's as they say, the stories you tell yourself about your experience as you move on from it, right? And yeah. makes you less interested in trying it again. I don't know. I don't know. So, so cool. Power-ups, interesting. Power-ups. Interesting. Power-ups are cool. Power-ups are cool. Now... Um, on to something cool. different. Yes. We have a patron question to answer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you want to ask us a question on the podcast, you can follow our Patreon. Insert Anthony's Patreon spiel here. Yes, you get a ton <laughs> of value. Oh my gosh, if you were in America, the $60 you spend at our highest tier over the course of six months, you make $58 of that, at least, I'll add, at Ooh. least because we're actually actively looking at um, upping our merch, uh, changing up the providers we work with, which could just add value to that. 
um, for you. Um, you make almost all your money back if you're American. You technically make money back if you're Canadian just because of how the whatever the prices, shipping, and everything works. So it's great. You get a ton of benefits, but one of them uh, is the ability to ask us questions. Yeah. Quality time. So this question, sort of adjacent to the power-ups discussion, but a little different. And it's from a literal goddamn X-Wing on uh, <laughs> Discord, which is what's his... Dash, the, dash. Instagram? He might be dash, here in dash. Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> he would like to know, should games based on characters that exist outside of video games, i.e. movies, TV shows, comics, etc. So, like, the first kind of thing that comes to my mind is, like, a Spider-Man game, for example. Right, Marvel, yeah. Um, like, superhero games are a great example. Should they make you unlock that character's powers throughout the game, as in you, like, start weak and you gain them as you go? Very common trope in video game, like, single-player video games all the time. Or should they make the game so that certain powers are only available in certain situations? Basically, should a character's abilities be available all at once, even if it won't help the current situation you're in? Yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, that's a really interesting question. Actually, a question I would argue, uh, who was the developer of the recent Marvel game? I can't remember. But that I think they kind of ran into Paradox. when they were... Oh, you, know, um, you mean the Avengers game? The Avengers. Avengers oh, I don't know. I don't remember who developed that. Um, but I think they kind of ran into this when because it's like sort of a looter, grindy, grind for loot and power-ups kind of a game. But yeah, you the, the thing is, okay, if it's a single-player game... My argument is that you could you could give it to them as time goes on and you could um not excuse it but you could justify it with like you're you're playing through the story of the character who's becoming the superhero and that's why you gain abilities little by little. If you're in this kind of situation like the Avengers within that's tough because you there's there's a there's an emotional sort of experiential like um uh uh thing you're i can't i'm spacing the word but expectation from people who are coming in from the the you know whatever iron man could fly around why the fuck can't i fly around as right. iron man here no right? totally i was thinking about that same thing like in spider-man for example if you're not and i think there's a difference between like if we're playing like an origin story game for that mm -hmm. superhero it may, may make sense for you to acquire powers over time but I would think that someone going into a Spider-Man game that's just supposed to be a ran Spider-Man randomly doing shit, right, would mm -hmm. expect to be able to do all the Spider-Man stuff right away, or you would hope you would be able to. And the only issue with that is, like, mechanical overload, right? right. It could be very hard for someone to track those mechanics. And I think in a lot of games, outside of this, like, expectation people have from knowing the IP, the better game design choice is to give you the powers over time in situations where they're useful and then let you make decisions later about whether you want to use them. But usually in a lot of these like long form uh, experiences, there are like, it's obvious when you want to use specific mechanics and they're rehashed to you in those moments. Right. Right. So I think that's better from a game design perspective, but I could totally see people being upset if that's how it's done in a game about a character they love where they just, you know, want to be that character all out the whole time. You also have, I think, a problem with if you imagining. I'm thinking if the event, if the Avengers game studio, whatever, published 
had marketed that game the way they marketed it with like these bombastic sequences with Hulk, Iron Man and Thor and shit. And then you like jump into the game and you can't do any of that. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's definitely a vibe killer. Um, but I agree with you. Like if you're going to give them all the abilities right out the, right out the gate, you um, have a design problem, if you will, of slowly introducing those things, which kind of to like, I think what Dash Dash might be alluding to as part of his question is like putting them in situations where only like there are some mechanics that are just so obviously more advantageous in those, those settings that like you're, you want to use them or something. Yeah, I mean, it's very common for games to have, for example, like some sort of grappling hook or something that only attaches to a specific type of terrain, right? Right. So you can use it freely when you have that terrain and you get to decide how you use it in those situations, but it's very clear when you are even able to use it. And that's one way I think it's okay to implement these kind like, to have a lot of mechanics in a game, but not it's overwhelm the player. Yeah, like then you get into that. Well, do you do like a tutorial thing where you 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 sort of force them into certain button sequences? Because is it? Do you want them to be able to be in that initial room and shoot their grapple hook at nothing? Like, does that seem broken? You know what right. I mean? Right. So and Doom does this in Doom Eternal. There's a climbing mechanic where you can grab onto walls and climb them, but they're only a very specific type of wall, and you can't, there's no access to like anything part of this mechanic when you're not near one of the walls. But when you're near one of the walls, you dash into it. It happens. Right. I'm gonna so give it, you a super side question. Sub feels very to natural. That. Is all I was gonna say. Yeah. It, cool. It, it's good if these kinds of things feel well, natural. I didn't play Eternal. I guess I was gonna but, say all the ways that Doom introduced things. Doom is interesting because I didn't get double jump until I got those boots. Right. You know, that's very far. different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, so if you can't introduce a mechanic, well, uh-huh. should you? Do you think it's like you shouldn't even have that mechanic? If you, you mean can't, like specifically, if you can't introduce it well, right? So you mean like you possibly have situations for that mechanic later in the game, yeah, that are really compelling, but you just are having trouble introducing that mechanic well. Right. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, I like the grapple hook thing. Let's say you think shooting the grapple hook around in that room, and you don't want to do the tutorial thing and shit, whatever. Do I mean, you- then you just. You what have you the do? player find the grapple hook, or you only let them use it when they're looking at that type of terrain, right? Okay, There's ways so, to like contextualize these mechanics so that the player can only use them in those situations. Yeah, if I form my question differently, it'd be like, would you let them have access to that mechanic if you don't introduce it well? And I think what you're saying is you you wouldn't want to. No, no. And yeah. I, I think we've learned so many times, and Celia Hoden talks about this, how like if you don't remind a player freaking constantly that they can do something, <laughs> yeah. they are guaranteed to just forget they can do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. just like go into – that's why in like good AAA games like Assassin's Creed, those kinds of games, God of War, when you get into a situation where contextually you can use a mechanic, it usually reminds you, like right. pops the hotkey up, even if it's like the thousandth time you've done the mechanic – because it's so easy to just forget. Or if you stop playing the game for like a few weeks, you're done, right? Without that, it's so yep. hard to come back. We're monkeys. We have only a little bit of working memory available. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. Nice yeah. question, Dash Dash. Yeah, thank you Very so much. Nice. Where can people find us? You can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, especially, most importantly, coolest of all, Discord. Discord is where the community's at. They chill. They do all kinds of things. They argue. Yeah. They're happy. They're sad. All the things. They post. I don't know if you saw Bob's Bob's Curry. 
Bob's been on a fucking curry. Uh, really? I'm sorry, cooking. Yeah, he's been on a I cooking. Got, he's gotten go all excited channel. about cooking. He posted curry. He posted oh. uh, apple pie mixed with chocolate chip. Not his best photo, but That's sounds a nice good. Picture that curry made, picture is nice. I this what I told him. I told him I don't believe you took it because it's yeah, that so looks much like better. it's from Google Images. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's uh, he also made empanadas, dude. Scroll up. Oh. He made some after we talked about it on the stream. He's in a cooking mood. If you want to be cool, you want to show off your cooking itself and stuff, come in. You can also play a game, uh, our idol game that ties in directly to the universe of our upcoming game. And oh my goodness, am I excited? Am so I so close to new for, fantastic things coming? Yeah, new features and so much more. So yep. uh, the Discord's are the place to be. Follow us on all our social media on Instagram. On Dis- I mean, we give shit away all over the place. We're about to give something away right now in Discord. Uh, so yes, even if all you want is free stuff and some cool stuff on the side, come come hang. Yeah, thank you okay. all for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.